Women don't enjoy divorce. Women risk so much getting into marriages. Women risk so much getting out of marriages. Women risk so much, period. And it isn't too much to ask the men who benefit from us risking everything to compensate us for those risks, to recognize and account for our risks. By default, you want to give, give, give. By default, we are the source. You know what happens to the source? Things get taken out of the source. You are the source. That's why it takes conscious effort for you to be in receiving energy. Because you need to be. By default, we give, we nurture, we create. And all these things we do will deplete us if we are surrounded by people who continually, constantly drain us. And that's what clueless husbands do. Hey, bestie. Welcome to the Spoiled Girly Support Group Podcast, where we talk about how to get that bag while also securing your own bag. I'm your host, Elle, and let's get into it. On today's episode, we are talking about married single mothers and why women initiate majority of divorces. We will also cover free dating market theory and why men wanting to ban no-fault divorce is a stupid idea. Now, all that sounds doom and gloomy, but I have a positive, heartwarming video for you in the end, so stay tuned. But before we get into it, I need you to hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell so you never miss a Spoiled Girly episode. With that being said, let's get into it. The eye roll I rolled when I saw that video. And like we always say around here whenever we watch videos like that, it could be staged, okay? It could be a trend and everyone's doing it. But the reason why these videos go viral, the reason why these videos get attention is because they are conveying a sentiment that a lot of people hold. A lot of women feel like the mother in that video. A lot of women feel like they're doing everything in the home, like they cannot even have a moment to themselves to eat in peace. Like mom's doing everything and what's dad doing? So there's a reason why videos like that go viral, but it doesn't make it any less infuriating, to be honest. This is what we call a married single mother. Legally married to a man, but with the responsibilities of a single mother. Many women who divorce after being married single mothers, they find that they were doing everything alone anyway. And all the man did, instead of lighten the load, is to add more work. These are the struggles of modern motherhood. You're expected to be a 1950s housewife while also being a 2010s girl boss. Not only are women expected to still be creators of life, nurturers, muses, oh no. We are also expected to be providers too. Because this is the equality we fought for. At least that's what they tried so hard to indoctrinate us with. And a lot of women fell for it. A lot of us fell for it. And a lot of Pikmishas are still preaching this from on high about how they are the evolved woman. They are the archetype of a good woman. The reality of 2010's girl boss feminism is we were taking responsibilities and tasks off of men's plates and putting it on ours. If anything, the patriarchy pulled a fast one on us and we fell for it. Congrats. They really sold us this brand of female empowerment, which not so secretly benefited fake patriarchs. And not only that, they employed pikmishas to do their bidding. They got the pikmishas to police their own so that we would all toe the line and allow this exploitation to continue for generations to come. Men are not meal tickets. We're equal now. I didn't go to college to be a gold digger. All this to say, no wonder why mothers are struggling nowadays. One of the biggest struggles of modern motherhood is this pressure, this standard to still work 
while doing all or majority of the domestic labor, whether it be physical, mental, or emotional. But let's say that you do become a stay-at-home mom. You still do everything. You create life, you nurture, you become the muse, you become the domestic labor. There's some men who still have the audacity to think that you are living off of their good graces, that you should be so thankful that you are a stay-at-home wife, like he's providing for you, as if that wasn't the bare minimum. I don't want to be that person who de-influences you from marriage because it can be a very beautiful thing, especially with the right man. A good marriage will definitely add to your life. And good marriages are also a net positive to society. Like, we need good marriages. But the thing is, you want to be able to have good marriages, and I am arming you with the discernment to not get into a theoretically a lifelong contract with someone who will make you suffer. So that's the goal of this video. The internet is so black and white. I get that this is leisure watching, but can you like rub two brain cells together and realize that there's nuance? You can talk about the downsides of one thing without being 100% against one thing. Okay, like these are your brain cells, like you can rub them together. You're welcome. I know it's not fun to watch videos like that, but it's information. And what do we always say around here? Don't get mad, get paid. Now you know. Now you know that there's men out there who think that because he provides your domestic labor is worthless, that it is a privilege for you to be able to do this for him without realizing that it is also a privilege for him that you are doing all this domestic labor for him at a discount. If you had to quantify, categorize, and charge for your labor in a professional sense, if you wanted a W-2, a 1099 for all the things that you do at home for this man and the family, he couldn't afford you. But because you love him, because you're in a marriage with him, you do it for him, okay? So I have this beef with men who feel like doing the bare minimum providing for his family makes him entitled to put down the woman's labor like that, to put down the value that she brings to the family like that. Not a vibe. And I want you to vet for that vibe, that energy before you marry someone. And I have beef with you too, okay? You, I know. You have internalized the devaluation of your own work too. You believe them. Can you wake up? For a lot of the girlies, it's too late, okay? Maybe you have to start over. But for the girlies who aren't at that stage yet, like, I so need you to wake up, okay? Like, wake up. You have so much inherent worth and value. The work that you do, the value that you bring, they have value and worth. And you need to find someone who has high perception of your value and worth. And you need to wake up to that before you start dating. Because God forbid you encounter a man who gaslights you into thinking that you, your work, your gifts are not worth anything. And God forbid you believe it. Bestie, wake up. Okay, I have like so many beefs with the world. So we're just gonna talk about all my beef. I have beef with this idea that men help around the house. I don't like that term. I really don't. Especially in 50-50 households. If you're in a 50-50 relationship, the man is not helping around the house. It's his house too. In a 50-50 relationship, when you are managing the man's housework and having to plan, log, and remind him of his tasks, and then if he doesn't do his tasks, you're the nag, you're the bad guy for not feeding into his delulu delusions 
that he is a king in his 50-50 household. In a corporate setting, you'd have to pay a manager for that. But the earlier you get comfortable with categorizing, quantifying, and charging for your labor, the earlier you put an end to your own exploitation. Watch this class if that is a foreign concept to you. I understand if it's a provider relationship, it makes sense that the person who doesn't work outside of the home, the home is their main sphere. So I get that. And in some cases, the man makes enough to outsource the domestic labor to people other than his female partner, as in the case of kept wives. Watch this video if you wanna learn how kept wife life is the cheat code to life. And good for them, good for the kept wives, but not all men can afford that, okay, obviously. So if you're in a 50-50 relationship, 50-50 marriage, if the housework falls on you majority of the time, you are being exploited. If you find yourself performing managerial duties because you're better at it, it comes more naturally to you. I need you to know that you have fallen victim to male weaponized incompetence directed towards tasks that they have deemed feminine and are thus low value labor. I need you to know that you're with a man who doesn't value you because he doesn't value the labor that you do. He thinks he's too good for whatever you're doing. There's nothing empowering about being with a man who so openly and proudly exploits you. There's nothing empowering about being with a man who so openly drains you your essence, and your bank account. Speaking of draining your essence, uh, let's get into why women let themselves go while in a marriage. And then glowing up post-divorce. We already talked about how a woman's appearance is indicative of the type of man that she's with, so if you missed that class, watch it here. This post-divorce glow-up phenomenon is so common nowadays that it has become a topic of discussion. Particularly, ex-husbands complaining about how their ex-wives get skinnier, prettier, and happier after their divorce. Why didn't she look like that when we were married? Now she loses all the weight when we're divorced? Y'all are asking the wrong questions. The question is, what is wrong with me that the moment I get out of someone's life, their life improves? What did you expect? You didn't make space for her to keep her glow while married. What did you expect when you were draining her and pouring nothing back into her? You are literally siphoning, harvesting her energy, her essence, and then you have the audacity to complain that she doesn't look at you with eyes of adoration and admiration. You didn't give her the proper amount of time, energy, resources, encouragement to keep herself healthy, glowing, desirable. What did you expect? And I'm not saying that women are agency-less creatures who blow with the winds of the whims of men, but women can only handle so much. I keep telling you that you need to focus on being in your receiving energy. Do you know why? Because I know you. By default, you want to give, give, give. By default, we are the source. You know what happens to the source? Things get taken out of the source. You are the source. By default, you give. That's why it takes conscious effort for you to be in receiving energy because you need to be. By default, we give, we nurture, we create. And all these things we do will deplete us if we are surrounded by people who continually, constantly drain us. And that's what clueless husbands do. And more insidious, some men do it on purpose. Some men keep their wives unhappy, unhealthy, ugly, intentionally. These men want you dependent on their validation, so they break down your self-esteem. This is why I have beef with people who keep trying to tell women that looks don't matter, beauty doesn't matter. It does. Our outward appearance matters to how we perceive ourselves. It does. 
Okay? There's some people who are way more evolved, who truly don't care, who truly don't think that way. But for us regular, regular human beings, for us regular, regular women, it is true. It is true that our appearance ties with how we perceive ourselves. And it is also true that how others perceive us ties with how we perceive ourselves. That is human nature. So these men, they keep you unattractive. They sabotage all your efforts to get healthy and fit. Or they penalize you. They tell you that, Really? You're putting on makeup? You look like a... Who are you getting dressed up for? You dress like a SLUT. A lot of women have had experiences with men like that. And I so hope that you never marry one of those. I so hope that you don't even let men like that breathe the same air as you. These men keep you unattractive as a protective measure from attention from other men. Because God forbid you think that you are desirable. God forbid that you think you have a chance out there in the dating market when you leave them. God forbid you wake up to your own inherent worth and value. These men will ensure that you feel undesirable unworthy of better treatment. But I'm telling you this now, you are worthy of better because you have so much to offer and the right man will compensate you for all that you offer him. I swear, if you're glowing down when you're with a man, he's not the one, okay? If you allow a man into your life, your quality of life needs to increase, okay? Not decrease. Bottom line is, no wonder women have post-divorce glow-ups. Getting away from a man who drains you of your essence does that. Let's talk about this. Women initiate majority of divorces. This is an alarming revelation to a lot of people, especially men for some reason. And it's alarmed them so much that they are calling for a ban on no-fault divorces. But first, what is a no-fault divorce? No-fault divorce is the dissolution of a marriage that does not require a showing of wrongdoing by either party. All 50 states in the United States allow no-fault grounds for divorce. However, only 15 states are considered true no-fault states where couples can only file on no-fault grounds. California was the first to adopt no-fault divorce laws. It eliminated the requirement of proving fault, allowing couples to cite irreconcilable differences as the sole grounds for divorce. This shift simplified the divorce process as it no longer necessitates the presentation of evidence or allegations of misconduct. I'm not gonna sit here and celebrate divorce and say it's the best thing since Wonder Bread. I know it is a sad, painful, traumatizing life event. But growing up is realizing that sad, painful, traumatizing life events are sometimes necessary, especially in matters of quality of life or life and death, period. I want you to take note of who the loudest voices are whenever it comes to banning no-fault divorces. The loudest voices are men. I want you to pick out the disconnect between the rhetoric that women have no value, women are so lucky to be in marriages with men, we don't deserve anything, we should be happy with the below bare minimum. And these men wanting to make women leaving them alive illegal and or impossible. I want you to take note of that disconnect. The math is not mathing here because men don't want to give up all the benefits that women confer on them within a marriage. They want to keep doing the below bare minimum, traumatizing, mistreating their wives because they know they can't leave. No good man will ever complain about no-fault divorce. I guarantee you that no good man will ever complain about no-fault divorce. You know why? Because good men also want to have the option to leave people who don't treat them right. Divorce allows you to regain control of your life, whether you are a man or a woman. It goes both ways. Good men will not want to be in a marriage with someone they know is miserable being married with them. It's a misogynistic man, a sadistic man, who would enjoy a marriage where the woman is miserable. Also, 
Good men wouldn't want the same for their mothers, their sisters, their daughters. They do not want the women in their lives trapped in marriages that make them miserable. They do not enjoy seeing female suffering. So yeah, add that to your list of questions before you say I do. What do you think about no-fault divorce? Also, if he's been divorced, figure out who filed because if it's not him, run. It takes a lot for a woman to file for a divorce, especially women who are pregnant, especially women who have very young children. It takes a lot for those women to file for a divorce because they have so much to lose. No woman wants for her kids to grow up in a broken home and be predisposed to a life of crime and, and risk poverty and all the risks that come with single motherhood. Women brave that just so they can get away from their husbands. So it is a total red flag if this divorced man that you're dating, his ex-wife filed. That's a red flag. Especially if she filed when the children were little. Oof, no thank you. Run. Let's get into why banning no-fault divorce is a stupid idea. On a society level, getting rid of no-fault divorce is a form of market manipulation. Call me a pragmatist, but a marriage is a business venture. It's supposed to be hard to get out of. You become business partners together. You acquire property, maybe you start a business, you invest together. Marriage is a business contract through and through. It always has been and it always will be. Marriage is supposed to be hard to get out of. That's why it's expensive and painful to get a divorce because divorces are not good for society. It introduces instability, but banning no-fault divorce also harms society because you don't get the highest and best use of the people who would be better off in other marriages. Marriages that instead of draining public resources, police department, CPS, court systems, public assistance, because of no-fault divorce where two legally consenting adults can dissolve a business contract, you can instead have marriages that, I don't know, are a net gain to society. Marriages that result in people buying properties together, paying property taxes, building wealth that results in investments, providing jobs for the people around them, buying stocks and bonds, creating children that in the future will pay income tax, people that pay into the system, people that are a net gain to society. On a society level, it serves us better to incentivize marriages, but also allow for no-fault divorce. So people can try again and get into another marriage that is the highest and best use of their time, gifts, and resources. Marriages that are a net gain to society. So that's the big picture, okay? Let's talk about on a personal level. Banning no-fault divorce is plain dangerous for women. Doing so effectively traps women in marriages with men who seek to hurt them, whether it be physically, emotionally, mentally, it traps women with below bare minimum low effort men, men who make them suffer. Results follow incentives. And time and time again, every policy that we see with stupid incentives end up with stupid results. And banning no-fault divorce is a stupid incentive system. It effectively sends a message to all men to stop trying and to make their wives' lives a difficult to document hell. I agree that we as a society benefit from good marriages. Good marriages. That's why we get tax benefits, health insurance benefits, all these benefits. Society incentivizes good marriages. That is also why divorce is painful and expensive. Society de-incentivizes divorce. But there comes a point in a woman's life 
when the disrespect, the lack of care, the hostility outweighs all the promise of these benefits, outweighs all the risks of divorce. There comes a point when the penalties of leaving a marriage, such as predisposing your children to a life of crime and poverty, losing friendships, losing the family home, a lower quality of life, risking homelessness and poverty yourself, there comes a point when that is much preferable to being married to a man. Women don't enjoy divorce. Women risk so much getting into marriages. Women risk so much getting out of marriages. Women risk so much, period. And it isn't too much to ask the men who benefit from us risking everything to compensate us for those risks, to recognize and account for our risks. I know I promised you a happy ending, so let me play it. After we had our baby, that's when I fell in love, in love. It deepened so much more to the point where I don't even think you need to be in love with someone before you marry them. So when I was pregnant, of course, my husband was there for me. Anything I wanted, needed. He handled all the crazy cravings. He helped me with all the pain, you know, would massage my body and just every, you know, dealt with the pregnancy pillow and everything like that. Took me to all my appointments, came with me to all my stress tests, everything. Okay. When uh, we brought our baby home and I saw him be a father, not only that, but I saw, I experienced him taking care of me in a very vulnerable state. He's a true father, a true caregiver. Um, not only that, Hold on, <laughs> damn, I really think about it. <laughs> and he would text my friends and my family and say, I think she needs support today. I think she needs a little extra love today. He would bring me flowers, he would bring me my favorite food. So when I talk about saving yourself, you know, taking birth control, not having babies that will impact the rest of your life, not giving loser men babies. The reason why is because I know that you deserve something so much more. And I know that these men are out here and they exist because I have one. Someone stitched this video about how she knew. Before I even looked at her account, I knew, I knew, I knew. That's the only way we can find peace, ladies. The only way. We know. I know where home is now. I know. And I'm making sure my hair looks extra rough today so I can find my king. And obviously, I'm not black. Okay. But I have heard the same sentiment over and over again from women in my ethnic community. Sentiments of women divesting from their own racial groups. Why do women no longer want to date within their race? And one analysis I can share is that it all has to do with free dating market theory and monopolies. The outcomes are only as good as the incentives and market conditions. In any racial, socioeconomic circumstance group, when men have the monopoly on women, women suffer because there is a much lower incentive to be a good mate because they're going to get a mate anyway. Obviously, you will have conscientious men who will always want to be a good mate no matter what, but not all men are conscientious. I always tell you, this is why we are the source 
we set the dating market and we can reset it whenever we want, whenever we decide, whenever we wake up and realize that we are the prize, we are the source, these men are so market driven and the moment that we reset the dating market, things will change. Back to the topic, these men who have a monopoly on women, they no longer try to be good mates because they no longer need to be good mates. And so they have low ambition, low educational attainment, low income, they don't work, they demand provision from women. All these behaviors that would make them undateable in the free dating market, all these behaviors are subsidized whenever men have a monopoly on women. Their below bare minimum behavior still allows them access to women, access to the prize in a patriarchal society because that's what women are. Women are the prize. Women are status symbols for the success of men in a patriarchal society. So whenever men have a monopoly on women, women become participation trophies. And the thing is, women are not participation trophies. We are the prize. It takes a lot to access a woman in the free dating market. But unfortunately, we have created these monopolies where access to women has been devalued and we allow it to happen. This is not a new phenomenon and it is not unique to any one racial socioeconomic circumstance group. This happens whenever any person or group has a monopoly on any person or group. It even happens in majority female universities, majority female majors, majority female offices, AKA the office 10. When the female to male ratio is off and men become the rarity, the prize. In their divine feminine energy because they're the prize. <laughs> from a numbers sense, okay? From a numbers sense. When there are not many men to choose from, when the pickings are slim to begin with, men monopolize the dating market and women suffer. I will get no nuanced Nellies in the comments saying that, well, there's a lot of reasons why men are falling behind nowadays. It's not just monopolies in the dating market. I know, but we can't ignore the one fixable thing that is wrong with a contemporary dating landscape and it's any one group of men having a monopoly on any one group of women like why are you trying to focus on things that we have no control over why are you trying to focus on things that we cannot fix like look at the things that you can fix start there okay I am so tired of no nuance Nelly speak Nisha's in the comments trying so hard to lick the boots of the patriarchy for what he's not gonna pick you Okay, he is not gonna pick you. You know why? Because you should be doing the picking. It's time to reclaim your power and realize that you are the source, you are the prize, you should be doing the picking. Stop trying to get picked. Stop getting mad and start getting paid. Women are the source. We are creation. We are the prize. As the group with so much to give and so much to lose, we cannot afford to allow these men to monopolize us. Obviously, you're gonna date men who share your values, men you are attracted to, men who treat you right, men who protect and provide. But if you cannot find that in your prescribed dating pool, in your current dating pool, expand. Get your education up, get your social capital up, get your money up, get out of whatever bubble you're in if the pickings are slim, you have feet, move. You have the block button, use it. Date only men who do not feel entitled to you because they have a monopoly on you. Date only men who feel honored that you chose them. Bestie, wake up. <laughs>